I don't know what year that was written, but I'm sure in times like these, he would be a little staggered, he or she who wrote that, compared to the days that we seem to face today, isn't it? We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at one verse together today as we continue our series on being battle ready. Uh, it's, it's crucial that we not only go through our Christian walk, but we are ready for battle spiritually. You know, I remember uh, throughout my college years, way back when, I had a, uh, a good pair of shoes that were made of genuine imitation leather. Now, if you've ever had a pair of shoes like that, you know what I mean. They were horrible. I couldn't stand them. But being that rich college student that I was, I let them last all through my college years, my, probably my senior year of high school, and until I could really get a good pair. Those things killed my feet. I hated those shoes. They were, they were in style. Back in the day, if any of you remember growing up in the early 80s, late 70s, they had a heel even for guys about that thick on them. I mean, they were in. They were great stuff. But I could not wait till the day that I threw those suckers out. You know, sometimes shoes can be mean a lot to us. Uh, have you ever had shoes that hurt your feet? Well, you probably have. Maybe you liked, uh, maybe you have some that you hated, you got rid of, maybe some that you loved and you kept. Maybe some you just kept because they were in style. Maybe it was because they, they were a certain fashion or you, you just enjoyed them. You know, I, I remember reading a long time ago, Melda Marcos. I remember, anybody remember her from the Philippines? Um, they said that she set the Guinness Book of World Records for the number of pairs. She had over, I think, 3,400 pairs of shoes. I remember watching a, a game show just recently, and a guy had over 600 pairs of shoes. They say the average American has an average of 20 pairs of shoes. So shoes are really important when we look at it. We like them, we enjoy them, and uh, we take them uh, with us almost everywhere we go. In fact, I saw a pair of shoes a while back, and I love these shoes. If you show those on the screen, these are just a really natural pair of shoes. I mean, these things, wouldn't you just love a pair like that? Maybe we can find a pair for you. So we look at shoes. Well, it's interesting because the passage we're looking at, the single verse we're looking at, talks a lot about our shoes, about the importance of the shoes we are wearing. And so it's, it's crucial that we understand that as a believer, we have really only one pair of shoes that we are to wear all the time. It's found in the verse that we'll look at in a moment. And I want to talk to you because, as I said, every believer needs to be wearing this pair. When you put them on, they wonderfully fit our feet because we're believers in Christ. The problem is that we often don't recognize that they're made just for us. Individually, personally, God equips us with them. Now, ladies, you can't go to the store and buy them. They're a part of the armor that God gives us, and so they're not necessarily visible, but they are helpful as we walk through life. In a number of passages, you'll see it. It talks about Ephesians 6.15 on the screen. It says this, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It also says in a number of different versions, having your feet shod, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The English Standard Version says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And your feet 
excuse me, sandaled with readiness with the gospel of peace. You see, if we're going to be who we need to be in our walk with the Lord, we need to make sure we're wearing footwear that brings the gospel of peace. Do you remember that time when you came to know Jesus as your Savior? Somebody was probably wearing the gospel shoes for you ahead of time. Maybe it was a teacher who had spent years and years and years beginning to help you understand who Jesus was. Maybe it was a youth worker who came along and was investing their lives into you, telling you about Jesus and showing you Jesus. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a friend. But somewhere along the line, you started noticing there was something different about their lives. And you began to understand as they began to unfold their lives that it was all about Jesus. You see, that's what these shoes are talking about. The importance of standing for Jesus and the importance of sharing Jesus with others. As we look at the armor that God is telling us that we need to make sure that we're wearing, we've noticed that there are a number of, of pieces that we have already mentioned. We looked at, first of all, the belt of truth. We buckle it up around our waist. That means we are people of truthfulness. We're people of honesty, of integrity. When people hear our names, they know that they're, this person is someone you can believe, that you can trust in, that they're reliable. Well, we saw that every piece in some way begins to be buckled around and is, is valuable to that middle piece known as the belt of truth. The next one was the breastplate of righteousness. It would come over the person's top torso, front, back, and sides in order to protect you from every area and it would be attached to the belt of truth. As we look at these shoes, we see that there would be pieces running all the way down in different avenues, different ways, but the boots or the shoes or the sandals of peace would be the piece that would be put on next. We're preparing ourselves for battle. You know, the Bible says that we're to wear these, and by wearing these, we're going to notice two thoughts, what I just mentioned earlier. The first one is this, that we are able to stand our ground. It's a defensive side. It's a way in which we say, you know what, I can and I will stand for Jesus Christ. When we live in a culture that says, I'm not going to live for Christ, and if you live for Christ, you're a fool, then you need to begin to understand how important it is to stand and not cave in, not give in to the whims of culture. Josephus, he was a Jewish historian way back not too many years, decades after Jesus. He said this concerning a Roman soldier, because remember, all this armor is related to the Roman soldier, what he would have looked at during that day, and how Paul parallels it to our lives spiritually. He said the Roman soldier would wear shoes thickly studded with sharp nails. In other words, maybe you can get a picture of it. They're wrapped around him, strapped around, but in the ground, he knows he's firm. He knows he is ready if somebody comes against him in battle that he is going to be able to stand there strongly competing with that enemy who was coming against him. And that would give him a secure foothold. It would help these soldiers travel long distances over rough terrain. You know, we, as I mentioned, we live in a day when it's not fashionable to wear the shoes of peace because it includes the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Charles Stanley said this once. He said, have you ever noticed how the line of demarcation is drawn when we bring up Jesus? You know, I don't think I saw it evidenced more lately than what I saw during the Super Bowl. If you watch the Super Bowl, there were two, only two commercials that dealt about, say that bad word, Jesus. And after they showed all this video stuff, they said, he gets us. He understands what we're going through in life. He understands he's here for us. And you would not believe, unless you read about it and heard about it, the backlash that the liberals and those anti-Christian people wanted to push against those two single commercials. It made me realize, once again, we are in a spiritual battle. And when you decide that you are going to stand for Jesus, you need to be ready because there will be battles. Amen? You face them. And so you've got to decide, am I going to be strong or am I going to cave? One man said this, our feet must be anchored to proper conduct or we would slip and fall. And so we need to be careful. You know, even though football season is over, many of us can begin to understand. If you ever played football, if you watch football, you know what it's like if somebody does or doesn't have proper gear on. I remember watching games in different kinds of weather and situations. Some were on artificial turf, some on regular grass. Some were played in a dome, some were outside. Some were in hot weather and some were in blistery, cold, snowy weather as we would watch those games. Many times I've heard of announcers talking about how players losing their traction because of the condition upon which the field was. And so you would watch them and they would slip and they would slide. Even as in this last year's Super Bowl, you notice people all, all of a sudden getting ready to cut and they lost their footing and they were down and they were done. So we understand in a visual what it means to lose our ground, to not be able to stand well. This really is a good parallel of what happens when you're not prepared with the shoes of peace. A Christian, but not willing to stand for Christ. Caving in, backing up when we need to stand forward and be strong. I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a religious bill coming through. It's a very loosely written bill in a sense, and it doesn't force people to believe like you believe. But what it does say is you can't get in my face and make me believe what you believe. You can still go to court, you can still do all kinds of stuff. And I remember I got an email and I sent to a number of those and the delegates saying, I just want you to get it out of committee. Just let it be voted on. And thank God they did. And now it's, it's there and it's part of, I believe, part of our law now. But when we see those things happening, we need to, and I got to be honest, I'm looking at this email. Do I have time to, to send 20 emails? And I had to battle. But then I had to begin to decide, you know what, if I don't say anything and I believe I should say something, all of a sudden I have began to not stand very strongly. And so it's easy to put a question mark or to put a reason why we can't or we don't stand as we should for Jesus. But Paul was challenging these believers and us today. If you are going to be in the battle, you've got to be willing to stand. You know, we've seen, sadly, Christians so often who talk a good talk, but the walk suddenly disappears when the confrontation comes. I'm not one for confrontation. 
But when it's there and you've got to stand, then you need to stand. We'd have to stand because if we don't, others will not see Jesus. So without proper foot support, life can become slippery. We can give in, we can cave in, we can crash. But with the shoes of peace, even in rough terrain, even in our culture, we can be spiritually equipped to stand with the gospel of peace. Now may I say this? This is David speaking, but I believe there's a biblical line with it. So often I hear Christians just beating up on everybody else. And I begin to wonder, is this the gospel of peace? I've always believed that you can say everything you want to say, anything and everything, but you have to learn to say it in the proper way. And I hear people, and I hear people who claim to be Christians, and I sometimes I just got to flip off the radio. I got to shut off the TV because I'm saying, what are you really sharing? Are you sharing that Jesus is who he is and he brings peace to your heart? Or are you antagonizing so much that you are digging into them and making them feel offended and never having an opportunity to share about this Jesus who is true and real? I'm not saying we don't stand. And I'm not saying that we don't take the backlash sometimes for standing, but I'm saying we do not have to act sometimes like others are acting. Amen? We need to listen. We need to hear. If we're not willing to hear them, then God knows they will not be willing to hear us. And so we need to have our feet prepared to stand our ground, but to do it in a way that would honor and please God. And then the second part of this thought today is this. We need to be ready to go. That's the offensive side. We've talked about the defensive. Now we're talking about the offensive side. The soldier had to be ready at a moment's notice. There was no telling when the command for battle would be given. And so they had to be ready. The shoes had to be ready and they had to march forward, ready for combat at any moment. The Liberty Commentary said this, being prepared spiritually carries with it the idea you have prepared yourself to see duty, to do God's will, to proclaim the gospel of peace. Because as I said, and as the scriptures say, it is the gospel of peace. You know, how, how often can maybe you look back and you remember when you came to know Jesus and all of a sudden, there was a difference inside. The messenger of peace, Jesus Christ, came and invaded your life through his spirit, and your life was changed. It's amazing when we, sometimes I just have to turn off the news. I don't watch it every day, because all it is is beating and torture and this thing and that thing and banging against each other. And I say, God, that is not the peace that you have given me. And yet, Lord, I see before me an incredible world that has seemingly no peace, and all they know is war within their hearts, within their actions. And I say, Lord, they have to know this gospel of peace that only comes through Jesus. And therefore, we need to share him. If you're like me, you find out that life gets so busy that you're doing everything about Jesus, but you're not telling people 
who Jesus is. You're not sharing him personally. You're not looking for opportunities. You're not having your shoes on. And you look back and say, oh man, I, I should have. Wouldn't it be greater if we say, I am having conversations with people about Jesus? God wants them to know the God of peace, the good news of peace. He wants them to have it, but the only way they'll get it is if God's people are wearing the shoes of peace and sharing the God of peace, Jesus Christ. You see, the message you are carrying when you're wearing your shoes is one of peace. Jesus gave peace in so many ways. When he was on earth, he was touching people's lives, healing them, and all of a sudden, what a change. He was giving those who were carrying heartaches peace in their hearts. He was showing peace, giving them peace with God. And you show kindness and love to someone when they're hurting, you are giving them a sense of the peace of God. Whether they accept it or not is really in their own heart, just like it had to be for you or me. But it's crucial that we are sharing with others the importance. You pray with someone for the peace of God to invade their troubled heart. And you know, I share often at, at funerals, sometimes we can have peace with God when we know Jesus. But circumstances of life can seemingly rob us of the peace of God. All of a sudden, there's turmoil within our hearts. Those things are going on. It's like, Lord, I don't know if I can handle what's going on. And you begin to pray with them and you begin to encourage them. I remember being Thursday morning in the room with uh, Tom Bailey's family. By the way, if you have not heard his funeral, he passed away Thursday morning. Funeral will be at Tyler Mountain. 11 to 1 will be the viewing. 1 o'clock will be the service on this Tuesday if you would like to be there. But I remember walking in, somebody had told me he'd been in since Sunday, and I just found out Thursday, Wednesday night. And so I said, I'm going to go before I get to the church. Well, little did I know how bad he was doing. So I walk in there, Luann, one of the daughters, she's there holding his hand. She's got tears. You know, it's a tough time. You've been there. You know what it's like. She said, we've called in the family, but within 10 minutes, they're all there. Well, I prayed with her first. She said, first thing she said, would you pray with me? So we prayed together. I told Tom, Tom, it's Pastor David. I'm praying for you. Family comes in. They said, can we pray together? I said, well, I'll just pray with him, but I'd love to pray with you. So we prayed. When he passed on, we said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And as a friend of mine wrote, and I shared with him, he said this, he said, when you breathe your last breath on earth, you breathe your first breath in heaven. Man, what a great truth. So we prayed, and you know, it's amazing when people are believers and they lose somebody they love, the peace that radiates within a room, and it did. It wasn't because of some prayer. It was because of some truth that they held on to, that they knew that even though they had lost a loved one, <laughs> there's hope. And so, 
We want everybody, when they come to that moment, to know the Jesus we know, but they will never hear unless we're wearing our shoes prepared with a gospel of peace. If you've never trusted Christ, the truth of it is Jesus is the Son of God. He came to this earth to die ultimately for our sin. As the Son of God, that was his purpose. We celebrate Easter. We're getting ready for it. We will observe what Christ did for us, how he suffered and died on the cross. But that is not all that we will observe. We'll observe his resurrection. Christ won the victory. And we'll celebrate. And so we want everybody to know this Jesus who died for them and rose again to prove their sins could be forgiven. And maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. I encourage you today, even where you're there seated, say, dear Jesus, I know you love me. You died for me and I know I'm a sinner. And right now I trust you to become my savior. Help me to live for you. And you know when you do that, God will do just for you what he's done for so many of us. Amen. He will touch your life. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you have on the gospel of peace shoes, you are ready to share. Wherever you are, Jesus, we know, is the only one who can give true peace in someone's heart. We can comfort, we can do what, but it is God and his spirit who will touch our lives. Let me ask you this. Do you remember times when you have been talking with someone and all of a sudden God reminds you that you need to start injecting Jesus? You need to start mentioning him because I'm opening this door for you and you just need to walk through it. God does that for us and reminds us to tell us so that we will share him with others. Maybe you never even thought about it. Maybe you weren't wearing your shoes of peace. Isaiah 52, verse 7. It's right before it talks about the suffering servant, Jesus, in the Old Testament. It says this, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Then we go to the New Testament, Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Companies are always coming out with a brand new line of shoes. And those who get to have their name on them make bukus of money. But you know what? God has already given us a new line of shoes. He gave them to him at the cross when Christ rose. I call them the peace line of shoes. I'm not getting anything out of them except enjoyment in heaven. But every day as we leave and we get up, we need to say, Lord, am I ready? Am I ready for battle to stand for you? And Lord, am I ready for battle against the forces that do not want me to share you with others?
And when we put on those shoes, we've got the peace line of shoes. And we're ready to share Jesus with others. They're great for all occasions. You can wear these shoes at the beach, even though people don't wear a lot of shoes there. You need to wear these there. You can wear them at work. You can wear them at play at the office because the peace line of shoes look great and they fit every believer for every occasion. God wants us to wear them. Somewhere along the line, someone, some believer was wearing faithfully their spiritual shoes and they have shared Jesus with you and they, God used them to bring you to that point in your life. May I encourage you right now, maybe there's one or two or three people, maybe they've already passed on, but would you just thank God for them now? As I was writing some of this, I was thinking of some of those people and just, Lord, thank you for this person. Thank you for that person. No matter who it was, God, I thank you for them and I named them by name. Let me ask you the second thought as we close. Who are you sharing the gospel of peace with? It's possible that some of you have never prepared yourselves to share that gospel of peace. You know you're a Christian, but you've just never put them on. Well, that's the pastor's job. That's the deacon's job. That's the teacher's job. But Jesus said that's our great privilege as a believer in, in him. All of us are to wear it and we're to share him with them. We've offered many times here at the church ways that you can share your faith. Hopefully you have been there to learn. If not, there's plenty of ways to learn. I just simply encourage you, share somebody with somebody what God has done in your life. You know, it's never our responsibility to save somebody. That's God's doing. But it is always our responsibility to share him so that they can hear and so that God's spirit can begin to massage the heart of that person. And as I said, maybe it's possible that some of you have never come to personally know the giver of peace, Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is that you say yes to him today. Let me encourage you to stand firm, to be ready each day to share the gospel of peace with a lost world that has none but is looking for it in so many ways in which they will never get it. He is the answer, amen? And he's the one we trust. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, what a challenge to us to be looking, to be ready, to have on the, the peace line of shoes so that we can be sharing Jesus in a confident and clear way with others who need desperately to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we sing this final song today, may it be more than the words we say, may it be a prayer from our hearts that we will follow you and serve you, that we will be faithful in sharing you because of what you've done for us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand with me at this time. Steve is going to lead us. If you have questions, if you just want to pray, you're welcome to come forward and pray or just right there where you are, observe what God is saying to you. Page 591, 591. Have thine own way.
Good to have you with us today. Glad that you're part of the service. Let me encourage you, there's a ton of stuff in the bulletin. We encourage you to be a part. Uh, weather's starting to change. Guess what? Next Sunday, I just heard. I hate this. Sprint. Time changes. I like it in the fall because I get an extra hour of sleep. This time you fall forward on your face. You know, it's awful. But anyway, we didn't have it in there, but it is next uh, Saturday evening. So don't forget to set your clocks ahead one hour. And uh, so hopefully you will remember that and we will see you on time next week. We're preparing for our cantata. So if you uh, have a voice to sing, you'd love to be a part. We'd love to have you with us. Lenten services are going on, Wednesday night Bible studies, a lot of things going on. Please take a look at it, be involved, and uh, use opportunities to share Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, Lord bless you all. You have a great day, and we will see you soon.